Hello, hello, and welcome back to another quarantine edition of the All Things Sleep and Parenting podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure it's episode five, but it could be mistaken. It is going to be... That's right in line with COVID stuff, though. Is yes. it Monday? I think it's Monday. Feels like a Monday. Feels like episode uh, five. <laughs> it feels like it could be. The important part, though, is that this is actually part two of um, the episode that we had out last week. So the episode we took out last week or we had out last week was regressions during COVID. So that was kind of behavior, sleep, anxiety. There was all sorts there's all sorts of stuff um, that we're seeing regressions with. So we got through as much as we could last week um, for the hour and it took the whole hour and we kind of only got through the scheduled day and uh, some of the anxiety stuff. We didn't really get to hit uh, the sleep stuff and that socialization piece as well. So we wanted to come back on, offer you guys part two, uh, lots more tips. And yes, this is regression during COVID because that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. But the tips that are in this episode and last week's episode are are valuable for at any time that you're home with your little one um, or anytime your little one is off, um, you're seeing off track behavior, you're seeing, you know, off track sleep, that kind of stuff. So these parenting tips and strategies are going to be able to help you through all of that summer vacations, you know, long, long weekends, long term at home um, with the little ones. So we'll jump right in. Uh, this next topic is going to be about sleep. So we are seeing, we're talking to a lot of families who are seeing a lot of their bigger kids. Those are like the three, four, five-year-olds, two, some two-year-olds as well, um, that are starting to wake in the middle of the night. So not previously waking through the night and just starting to either struggle with bedtime or struggle um, throughout the night. Yes. So that's, I mean, that's a big one. At, the bedtime struggles can be a big one at this time of the year, regardless, because it's lighter outside. So yeah. our children have a harder time going to sleep, our older children, because they look outside and say, oh, hey, it's still light outside. I don't want to go to sleep, right? And so for families who do have earlier bedtimes, such as my own, where, you know, they're in bed by seven. And if I don't have their rooms dark enough, that just means that they do have a harder time settling. But we are seeing a lot of those anxieties popping up right now too because they, they just have so much that's going on in their world right now. They've mm -hmm. got a huge change in everything, right? They don't have the same structure that they had at school. And so Definitely. therefore they're not quite even if we are doing schoolwork with them, you know, here and there, if we are taking them outside for bike rides, it's a different type of stimulation that they received in school. So naturally that comes out somewhere. Yeah. 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 Um, the anxiety that you mentioned as well, a lot of our guys were seeing so much more anxiety, just like Lisa said, with all of the changes. So that's popping up. Um, at night as well like and throughout the night so we do have a couple of tips we do have you know if it's if it's 
there's a lot of things when it comes to sleep. And this is the one thing that Elisa and I, when we talk sleep, it's like, oh, but this piece and then this piece and this piece. So there's so many things that could be going on. So I would, you know, number one, when we're looking at sleep, really try and pay attention to that schedule. Is the bedtime super late? Are they waking really, really early? Are they not napping at the right times or too long? That kind of stuff, right? So yeah, especially right now, because we don't have a whole lot of other things potentially going on, right? And it's yes. summer, it's getting nice outside, so we tend to already start to go off track when it comes to their bedtime. So that's the first thing to look at and say, okay, you know what, we've been having later bedtimes. And a little bit later in the summer isn't the end of the world, as long as your children are sleeping a little bit later in the morning, you know, as a result of that. But if you have ones like mine who are still up at 6:30 in the morning regardless of yep. what time they go to sleep at well then you know the later bedtimes can really start to get us into trouble yeah yeah and uh we are starting to see because we've been a little lax the last uh week or so and i'm definitely starting to see that with my boys like just more of i'm seeing more aggression so there's a little more hitting i'm seeing um more of the upset like i have one little guy that rarely kind of whines or cries very often and he's probably spent the last three days that's kind of all he's been doing so so that those for me are really big signs like okay we need to get back on track we're gonna have a great few nights of really early bedtimes getting sleep on track so that's one big piece next big piece is oh were you gonna say something on that yeah, i was Alisa? just gonna say it's fine if you want to have like a, a later night here and there but it's when we start to get into every night which is very easy to do right yes, when we start flips. to get into every night is creeping later and later and later that's when the issues start to arise but it's it's fine to have you know what let's have a fun night and let's go for a walk when it's dark or, you know, let's have a fun movie night. And, you know, for us, movie nights aren't really too much later than our yeah. regular <laughs> bedtimes because we start them early. But, you know, if you wanted to have a late night here and there, then that's fine. It's just yeah. once it starts to become every night is later and later and you're off that schedule completely. That's when things can start to derail. And I find we usually do this a few times a year within my own family. I'm always like, it pushes, 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 pushes. And then I'm like, oh, okay, wait, well, you need to back this up again. Cause now we're starting to see this. You're starting to wake earlier. We're starting to see more behavior. So usually, yeah, like spring, summer, I'm usually a few weeks after that. I'm like, oh, we need to pull it back a little bit after Christmas holidays. I'm like, oh, we need to pull it back a little bit. So there's usually a few times a year where, yeah, the bedtime just kind of slips, slips, slips. So pulling it back a little bit and getting tighter on that um is is helpful for sure and dark in the room if you don't already have it dark yes yes we've actually had to throw a blanket up over the boys curtains because it was just still so bright and i'm yeah yeah no <laughs> you need to go to bed what are we exactly. gonna say Heidi? um and we kind of think if we stay up later they'll sleep in later but they just nope. tend to get up at that same time <laughs> regardless yeah. what time they went to sleep yeah, some do. Some children figure out. Like, I have one or two that uh, figured that out fairly quickly, but Ireland and Oscar never, uh, sorry, not Ireland and Oscar, Ireland and AJ um, were, uh, and still are, like, it doesn't matter if they go to bed at 11 o'clock, crack a dawn. If they go to bed at 7 o'clock, crack a dawn. So, yeah, it's, uh, 
that does make it hard when that when when they don't follow through with that morning a little bit later but children just don't they don't they don't sleep in um typically and as parents we do want to try and keep their schedule for the most part on track right um like lisa said a late night here and there that's a fun treat but um if you're starting to see your schedule has slipped a little bit just pull those reins back a little bit work on 15 20 30 minute increments and just try and get it back on track again um so that can be a big piece of the schedule. Another piece is that bedtime stalling. We do have a podcast episode about bedtime stalling. So you're definitely going to want to listen to that, especially as our little ones start to become a little bit older and start asking for more and more and more and more. Um, so that's another, another challenge. And then overall the response, right? So what you're doing when they're waking, they're being brought into your room. If they're being this, that, the other thing, that's all going to cause some of those challenges. But you know, if we go from a little one who's been sleeping really, really well to now just kind of randomly waking at night, um, we do want to look at some of those little things. Is there more anxiety during the day? Is is this tied to that more than an actual sleep challenge? And that's what's really important when you're looking at sleep challenges. And that's something that Elisa and I really focus on is, yes, sleep is our goal and our focus. However, there's so many pieces that contribute to sleep that we will need to take it all into consideration, right? So, so separation anxiety will affect sleep. New developmental skills will affect sleep. Uh, anxiety, anxiety in general will affect sleep. So if we have a three or four or five-year-old who's going to bed anxious, who isn't getting stuff off their mind, just like us adults, if we have something that's really, really stressing us out, have you not woken up at one o'clock in the morning and that's the first thought into your head and then you have a hard time getting back to sleep again? It's no different from our little guys, right? When they're full of anxiety that they haven't had that opportunity to be able to chat about, to talk about, it's going to come out in their sleep. And that's another thing too. Another point is that pay attention to how you're feeling as well. Because if you are noticing regressions with your little one's sleep and you can't really pinpoint whether they are having anxiety, more anxiety during the day. Yes. You know, let's say you have a baby and all of a sudden your schedule's on par, you know, there's no developmental milestones happening right now. You're being consistent with how you're responding to them, yet you still find that sleep is a little bit off track. That could also be that your little one is feeling what you are feeling. Mm -hmm. So if you are having really a lot of heightened anxiety or, you know, just feeling down, then um, trying to reach out to someone so that you can talk about it and get it off of your mm -hmm. chest. Absolutely. Which leads us into that, the importance again of that talk time with our little ones, right? Having that time before they go to bed. Um, and, and we have that in the bedtime routine as well. We do have an episode that'll be coming out in the future because that was one of the ones we recorded just before we got <laughs> shut down. Um, oh no, it isn't actually. It's up. The, the snuggles before bed. Yes, please. So if you look at that episode, I will make sure to pop it in the comments below. Um, however, that one talks a lot about that importance of allowing our children to offload those emotions before bed. So making it part of your bedtime routine, allowing them to talk. In the, in the first part of this episode, we talked a lot about, you know, what we're seeing in terms of anxiety is only about 10% of that surface, right? So, so we're not seeing all the other stuff that they're internalizing and that they're thinking about in that time before bed 
can really allow them to just process that stuff. Oftentimes we, we hear, you know, stop talking, it's time for bed, stop talking. And yes, within limits, of course. Um, but a lot of families will say, you know, well, I don't really want them talking before bed. I felt like that was like ramping their mind up. Whereas it's actually allowing them to offload, get rid of all of that stuff so that they can actually get to sleep and sleep better. So mm-hmm. more time talking during the, during that bedtime routine and as well as talking during the day as well. Yeah. It's kind of like us writing that list down so that we can like turn our mind off before we go to bed. Yes, exactly that, right? If it's out of my head, I don't have to worry about remembering it tomorrow. I don't have to think about this. It's just, it's there. I know I'll get to it after, right? I'm putting it in that little box for later on. So um, helpful. It is. And that can really help our children. The, the, for them to be able to know that, A, I have that safe space to be able to say, I don't know what's going on. Like today I heard, I heard grandma say something about so-and-so being really sick. Does that mean we're all going to get sick? Right? Like they are hearing, and we talked about this in the first episode, but they're hearing all of these little pieces and that is going to build in them anxiety. So if sleep, if it's not like a scheduled thing, if it's not um, a consistency issue, then I would really look into uh, that daytime stuff. Are there any fears and anxieties um, that talk time at night and if you see that there are fears and anxieties that are happening and that your your child is not talking about it during their talk time, let's say they want to talk about something completely different, that's okay too. Um, mm-hmm. But because you're still giving them that time to unwind. However, you can ask them an open-ended question or two to sort of you know, get them going on that topic if you need to. So that open-ended question would just be questions that don't result in a yes or no answer and that that kind of have them expand on their answers. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because they'll start talking at times and you'll be like, um this isn't really leading to anything i'm not sure oh there it is okay where did that that was left field um okay so that's what we're dealing with i got it so it it, by you know we ask them a question an open-ended question and then we try and keep our mouth shut we let them talk and let them process the more you know how sometimes if you just let somebody talk they'll talk 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 and then everything will start coming out and then it follows one after the other and if we allow that space for our children they will do that and you will get it out um it's just yeah asking those open and open-ended questions so that it's not a quick yes or no um and then if your little one is really apprehensive or not sure have that snuggle time talk about something else let them talk about whatever they want and then you know that the next day okay i need to look at doing some role playing i need to look at doing some what other strategies what other things can i put into place to help my little one really be able to express offload chat about what's really going on um and and that's kind of that's parenting right if we can't deal with it right now okay i need to take note this is what's happening i'm gonna okay so this is what my plan is for tomorrow um and and that's okay it doesn't have to be dealt with that second you do want to make sure that you are coming back to it though and having those conversations with them Mm. And then consistency above all, you just, you want to be consistent. You, they're looking at you for that consistency If sometimes they're allowed in your bed and sometimes you bring them downstairs for snack and sometimes you start the day and sometimes this and sometimes that they're going to keep trying. If you give your child 
chocolate cake for breakfast one morning for the next three weeks. They are <laughs> going to keep asking for chocolate bre- cake every every morning for breakfast. It becomes it becomes something that they expect after that, right? So yes. if you bring them into your bed two or three nights because they woke up in the night and you just didn't have the energy to, you know, remain consistent. Which is totally that- fair. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But just know that it does become an expectation after a little while. So you really need to, you know, after about three days, it's starting to become an expectation for them. Yes. Oh, great. I get to go into their bed. So then they keep waking up because they know that there is another way for them. So it's fine. Like sometimes we do things and we just, we don't have the energy or we just don't know what to do with the moment. And so we just, you know, let them get up or, or come into our bed. Yeah, It's okay if you've done that. But what's important is that after that one or two or three times, you really reflect on that and know that that could create more and more and more and more waking. So work on it after the fact. At some point, you will want to really buckle down and remain consistent there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so our next topic is socializing. We're finding, and this is, um, I, I mean, this is going to be geared towards all of the ages, but I'm finding our little, little guys are struggling who, um, you know, maybe haven't been to a whole lot of uh, classes or exposure to a lot of people. And now that we've been in lockdown for the last few months, kind of haven't seen anybody outside of their circles. So like the eight, nine, 10, 14 month olds, 16 months olds. Um, and then we have like family and grandparents that are just so excited to see them, obviously, you know, yay. And coming in with lots of energy and lots of excitement and lots of picking up and stuff. And that can really put, um, children off. So this is all going to be, if you're a little one, if you're starting to notice, um, so we had one question, the little one, uh, had there was somebody else coming down the sidewalk with, uh, uh, opposite of mom and daughter. Um, and as the daughter saw the person coming kind of cowered behind her leg and was very, um, you know, just stand still until this person crossed paths with them. So if you're starting to see any of those kind of, um, anxieties around socializing you kind of want to see where they're at and and you're going to take steps right so for our little ones that are really 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 struggling little things right so I'm going to be having those conversations with so and so before they come over um, or before we get together and say so since we've been in lockdown there's been some isolation and my little one is very apprehensive when new people come in so I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. ask or we're just gonna say you know calm and I know I know and so and so you really like to show with a lot of enthusiasm but he's really struggling so if you just take it slow um, he will come around So have those conversations with the people around you as you start to kind of expand your bubble, as we start to come out of this quarantine and we expand our bubble, Um, have those conversations with people, but there's fun little strategies that you can start working on now. Like the weather is great. So you, we can't go to the parks yet, but set up a couple of chairs in your front yard and, and wave to the people that are walking past. Um, if you don't live on a busy street, bring your chairs down to a corner and sit on a busy street and just kind of wave to people either in cars or as they walk past just to get them 
into that again they're watching you you're modeling right so if if the neighbors are walking past and i'm saying oh hi tom how are you today my little ones are seeing that if my little ones are seeing that tom is coming down the street and i'm like we need to cross the road hurry up we have to get over here we can't be close then that's what they're going to feed off and then that's what they're going to start seeing all of the people walking as right so yeah First off, first off, they're, they're, you are the modeling for them in, in terms of that social stuff. Um, like I said, start small. So sitting out front is such a fun way for them to just have a little chair for them. And, you know, especially as the older generations go past, they love to like, oh, hi, honey. They love to smile and wave <laughs> at them. Um, go for walks yourself and see people. Um, just try and and start small with getting them out in front of people. Uh, We have to think like most of our guys haven't been in stores, haven't been around, like my guys haven't been around any, anybody other than ourselves. Um, I was actually in the grocery store yesterday and I was like, they are going to be so shocked the first time they come in because there's been so many changes to the stores that we've seen kind of along the way. But for them, they went from totally normal to, why is there plastic everywhere? And why do we have to stand in line? And why do we have to do this? So those are all going to be conversations you're going to have with your big kids before you guys go. Right. So this is what. Without, with, without the added, like you can, you can have the conversation as Pam mentioned without that added stress on it. Right. So it doesn't need to be something that's like really, really big. It's just, kind of like a heads up for them yeah like you're gonna see right because you know how we've been staying inside all this time well that's because there's that virus right so we're trying to protect their the grocery stores are trying to protect people so you're gonna see plastic and that's just to keep us safe it's okay and you're gonna see some people with masks because a lot of our kids haven't seen people with masks now they're going out and all these people have masks on so we're gonna say they have masks they're just keeping their germs to themselves um we're gonna see people with gloves some people might have gloves on and again that's just for the germs they just want to make sure that their germs stay on them and that they're not picking up other germs so we're just giving them those heads up Sorry, if you are putting a mask on your children as well when when they're going out, then you it's something that you want to introduce them to before you leave. Yes. Because, I mean, we all know how uncomfortable that feeling can be, right? So if we're putting on a mask on our children when we're going out and they've never had it on the, their faces before, that's going to create a little bit more anxiety for them. So practice around the house first. Mm-hmm. Show it to small. them. Yeah. Start small. Like have them wear it for a minute first, and then yeah. build up on that so that you are not just all of a sudden going out and here you go. You need to wear this mask for the whole time that we're at the store or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because the first time you go out and you're like, "Here, buddy, you're gonna wear a mask for the next two hours." That's not <laughs> going to fly very well. Um. So so your routine staying that time that you're spending with your children is still socializing right so if you are sitting and you have in your routine that it's you know your special time even just during the day like just because our children are not around all sorts of other children and all sorts of other people doesn't mean that they're not socializing anymore because we're still Mm -hmm. in charge of that we can still we're still socializing with them we're teaching them the art of conversation back and forth listening speaking those are all things that start at home right so so if you are worried about that 
know that you can do lots of work with that at home, lots of conversation, um, lots of, yeah, like just working on those little pieces with them with that socialization for sure. Another great, think, oh, sorry, go ahead. Lisa. a part of a program as well that, that, you know, has them socialize. Say. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, like what Heidi's doing with Blossom is just Woo-hoo. amazing because she is on there and first of all, she's helping your children learn certain skills and certain things. And it's something that you can just be sure that, you know what, my children are learning because yeah. Miss Heidi's on there helping with this, right? <laughs> and they're so also that you engaging. Like, yeah, absolutely. But then it takes a little bit of the pressure off of you because you know that even if you didn't get to do this, that, and the other with, thing with them today, Miss Heidi's kind of, you know, taking <laughs> care Heidi's of that part for you. You still want to do some things with them, but it's so nice to have them still be able to socialize. Yeah. yeah. And that's a thing that's come up a lot with the families in the Blossom community in our, like our parent portal cafe where we do a Zoom meeting. They're worried about the lack of socialization that their children are mm-hmm. having. And I keep telling them, you're still there you're still talking to them. It's not like they're in a box or in a room and nobody's talking and interacting with them. You're still there. And really family relationships are the first social experiences we have. So yes, we are not out in public and with, you know, large groups of people, but there's still lots of socializing happening. And if you're still concerned about it, there's lots you can do at home. So really working on interrupting and how that's not okay and finding a strategy that works for your family on to reduce interrupting i have a really nice strategy that we've been using um so so my guys just like every other child will the second i'm on the phone or the second i'm doing something that it means it's time to interrupt mom um so we've been working on they have to put their hand on my arm so that's the signal to me that they need my attention. Yeah. I put my hand on top of their hand to signal to them, I hear you, I see you, you need to wait a second. Perfect. And then I hold it there. Sometimes I'll hold it, sometimes I don't, but they know that I've acknowledged that they that I they need me. So then as soon as I get a break in conversation or whatever, then I can say, okay, what would you like? Um, so that is that my is, favorite strategy. I love it. I really do like it. Cause otherwise they're, they're tapping you. Right. Cause we got out of the like, mom, 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 <laughs> while I was on the phone. But now they like, then they were like tapping, tap, tap, tap. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm coming just one second. Um, so this one here, like my hand on my arm and my hand on top of their hand to signal that I've heard that you, I see that you would like my attention. And then they have to wait. So that's absolutely something you can definitely work on with them for sure. That's the one I use. I usually hold their hand. Like if they come up to me, Miss Heidi, and I'm in mid-conversation with another child or a parent, I'll just grab their hand. I'll look at them, give a little nod, and then I'm right back in listening to yes. the person who's talking to me. So that, you know, I might even give like a little pulsating squeeze. Like, I, I know you're here. And yeah. then really praising them for like, wow, you really waited such a great job. Um, so that's something you can work on. That's a social interaction. Yeah, it really is. So that's is. huge. Um, churn taking is another big one. So yeah. uh, I'm going to wash my hands. Oh, and now it's your turn. Oh, no, you have to wait. Your sister's going to wash her hands first. Churn taking, churn taking is huge for social. 
Um, pretend yeah, playing play. games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, playing store, making sure that you're waiting in line and you can add in these COVID restrictions. You could be like, Oh, you have to wait behind that line. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Start getting them used to that. Um, playing simple games with rules like Simon says, that's all yeah. social stuff. And then cooperative play, building something together, building blocks that fall over. Somebody knocks it over, somebody gets upset, and then responding to the upset, noticing yes. the upset. That's all social interactions. And your child learns these at home. They don't go to school and learn them. No. And then that's it. They go home and everything is different again. So try not to worry about oh my goodness, social development is going to be so bad. It's not. In fact, it might even be better because you're spending so much time together. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we do want to be mindful of um, if we've seen that our little ones are struggling is we want to try and avoid labeling. Oh, it's just because she's shy. Oh, are you being shy? Um, this then kind of the label, then we have that to hide behind. Oh, it's just because I'm shy. Um, when you have a child now telling you, oh, it's just because I'm shy, then, then we've labeled it a lot, right? So yeah. we want to try and avoid that. And we can say, so, so this mom that the, so there was a teen, I think it was a teenage girl that was walking towards them. So the little girl cowers behind her leg. I, in that situation, would have gotten down around my shoulder. Oh, was I cutting it there? Yeah, I repeat it. I think you cut out a bit. Thanks, internet. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, so, so if this was happening with my child and they were hiding behind my leg, I would get down to their level. I would take that one arm that was kind of holding onto my leg and I would wrap it around my shoulder and I would say, we have a friend coming down the street. And then we'd say, oh, look at, she's got really nice long hair. Or, oh, I like her then passing by, we can say, good morning, right? And and I'm not expecting, I'm not forcing my child to say hi. I'm not anything like that. But I'm just saying, this is not the behavior that we're going to have. We're not cowering behind. Because if we allow that behavior, and again, it's a really, I really want to make this, we're not forcing them and throwing them into it. Sorry about your luck. But we're not also encouraging that cowering and hiding behind, right? So so if if we play into it and by playing into it i'm saying oh my goodness you're so shy what's going on how's what why don't you want to say hi to this person how come this is happening what's going on and then we go home oh dad i don't know what happened like this girl was coming and she was just so scared that's just gonna build that anxiety in the little one or oh just get behind me honey it's okay yeah. And then Not next helpful. time we go out, next time we go out, she's now thinking, oh, I was so right about being worried about that one stranger. I should now be worried <laughs> about all of these strangers. Yeah. So now we're fighting to get out of the house. Now we're struggling to go for a walk. Now we're, people are walking over and we're like, crying or wanting to cross the street. And that's not what we want with our children, right? We want our children to be able to, to, to have that social ability to be able to say hi um, to neighbors and friends as they walk down the street um, and not go into that state of fear. And that's just what we're trying to help, right? By, by validating, they absolutely could be upset and could be very fearful or worried. But by getting down to their level, you're making that eye contact, you're projecting that confidence, you're telling them that, that you are, are safe and confident so they can feel safe and confident. When you yeah. are not acting safe and confident, they are not going to feel safe and confident. So, so that's that difference in response, right? And then next time we go out, 
It may not even happen. If it does, we repeat it again. Oh, remember, that's just our friend. We're going to say, we can stop right here or we can keep walking. I always, I always teach my guys because we have a lot and um, I used to run home daycare, but uh, we share the sidewalk. So we, as people are coming, we share the sidewalk. So we go single file. So my family six, that's exactly what we do. Okay, guys, let's share the sidewalk and everybody gets to one side of the sidewalk and we all walk single file, right? So this, this, that would be that next step. So if you have to crouch down and stand on the grass as that person walks past, your next step is going to be walking past them. So you don't have to stop. Um, if you have to start in, in the front yard waving at people, then your next step is going to go, go for a drive and wave to people or go, I was going to say go to the park and, but you can't even do stuff like that right now. But there's lots of places where you can kind of observe people and people watch and you can wave and you can start by good morning, good morning. And your little one may not reply or, or say good morning, but they're going to see you saying it. And that's, what's going to make them follow that lead, not Absolutely forcing them to modeling. say good morning, good morning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Anything, any other t points that you guys wanted to hit before um, we sign off? I think we covered everything. Um, Heidi, can you just chat a little bit about your program and how people can register, where they can find it? Because now that you're doing this all online, this is not just North Bay. So everybody who's been listening yeah. to Miss Heidi's awesome, fantastic information and knowledge and all that she shared with us, um, she now has her program. She's converted her programs from in-person to online and has created a blossom. I said I would let you talk about it, but I'm going to chat about it first. She's created this <laughs> super awesome community. Uh, she comes on three or four times a day live. Those videos are up for the week. The families can, can join live and she does like feels like a little romper roomish sometimes with the <laughs> hi Bianca hi Leo hi um it's so sweet but all the moms in, engage right so there's another part of that socialization and engaging our moms are connecting with other moms um they're seeing Miss they're a fantastic program so can you chat a little bit about what you're offering Heidi and then <laughs> so I have a, a private Facebook group and I'm on there live several times a day. There's a schedule that's posted every Sunday of what's happening. And the schedule pretty much has stayed the same for the last 10 weeks with just a few modifications. But then it lets you know when the class is happening. So Jingle Bugs, the music class happens three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10 a.m. We have a story time that happens twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 10 a.m. We have a craft class called Glitter Bugs. Um, we have a, a baby uh, play class called Snuggle and Cuddle, and that one is geared towards uh, babies who are two months to about 18 months, depending on how busy your 18-month-old is. <laughs> or your children with their baby dolls. <laughs> yes, Ileana, Lisa's oldest, was doing, was participating in Heidi's classes with her baby doll. It was so cute. Yeah, she was pretending to be like the mom. <laughs> I know, it was yeah. so cute. So it's a lot of fun for them as well. Um, but also I have a doodle bugs class where we just do some doodling, like uh, step by step doodling, learning how to be creative and think outside. So um, like we did like 20 different cupcakes, 20 different trees, 20 different flowers, uh, a hand doodle, monster doodles. So just teaching children how to, and all we're using is paper and marker, how to be creative with just that and doing all these different expressions. But the jingle 
Bugs music classes for all ages, babies, toddlers, preschoolers, adults. Um, there's some music, there's some singing, there's some dancing. Uh, you don't need musical instruments at home. Um, I try to make it super engaging and asking, you know, say, say I'm going to do a song about farm animals. I say, what kind of farm animals should we sing about? And then some will type in the comments, horse, elephant. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, does it make elephant sounds? <laughs> so I try to keep it fun for the adults as well. Uh, the story time usually has a theme every week. And so we do a finger play. There's a felt board story. Um, two of our little family friends that are puppets come out to play. So Mousy Mae brings her magic pan and we have to think of a magic word. And so I give lots of opportunities for the children to like shout back at the TV, like, hmm, what do you think's gonna be in the magic pan? And then I really pause and I'm like, I'll say things like, ooh, I think that's a great idea. So I don't even know what they're saying, but I'm trying <laughs> to make them feel like yes. they do feel like it, right? Like all of these, you know, classic children's um, television quality shows like Mr. Rogers, Mr. Dress Up, Romper Room. Yes. They were pausing and they were saying, yeah, you know what? That is a good idea. They had no idea what the child was saying, but the child is like, oh my goodness, she heard my idea. <laughs> and I try to make it even more interactive where Ollie comes up and gives a high five. So they have to bring their hand up to the screen. Mousy Mae gives them a little kiss on their hand. So they got to bring their hand up. And so she's like, and I try to teach the puppets you know oh wait 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 we have to make sure that they know that they're going to get a kiss we have to ask them first so I'm just sneaking it all in there so it's all through play and really organic love. and you're very I, engaging which I know. children been, love it's been Thank so you. fantastic so so blossomearlylearning.org and yes. that is is it virtual classes or is it does it have its own it's on the, like it's on the website a couple places, but I would, okay. I would click on either virtual classes or the Blossom community. Okay. And then right now, um, we are uh, June. It's currently $10 a week, and you get access to all of the classes. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, so and like I said, too, if you can't make it live, you can come back yeah. and do the recordings with your little ones. So if your little one's napping or if you guys are outside enjoying the day, you can yes. come back and save yes. it for um, later on in the day or earlier the next day or whatever. So, yeah, super and fantastic. So that week's classes stay up all week until Sunday, and then I take them down just to clean the group up. And then to make it fair to anybody who's just recently joined the group, um, they wouldn't have access to stuff that they hadn't paid for. So it stays nice and fresh and it's easy to find. Everything's labeled like Jingle Bugs Monday, Jingle Bugs yes. Wednesday. So if you know, oh, we already did the Monday one, let's do the Wednesday one. Um, and there's also a class in there for parents called Mindful Moment, where we do a little bit of mindfulness. The class is usually anywhere between 10 minutes to 50 minutes. Um, there's some meditations. Um, I read from like quotes and passages from books that I find are really meaningful, especially in this time of quarantine. Uh, there's a quote of the day. There's a journal prompt. We've had some mindful eating. We've eaten chocolate together. Oh, and then nice. Fridays are fun. We call, we've, we've been calling them Fortune Fridays where... Uh, I do some tarot card readings or some I did crystal listen healing to last, deck. I did listen to last Friday's and I was looking forward to, you guys mentioned the, oh, numerology. Yes, we're doing numerology yes. this Friday. So just something a little light and fun and interactive too for the parents. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic resource and and North Bay was lucky to have rest, uh, to have Russell parenting to have <laughs> Blossom Early Learning. <laughs> um but now it's fantastic cuz across Canada, the states, anywhere you can you can um be part of this community and see yeah. the amazing stuff that Heidi is doing with um her programs and her classes. It really is worth checking out. So blossomearlylearning.org for that. Um if you are struggling with sleep or any of the Russians any of the parenting challenges and you're feeling like you just need those strategies, support geared for your family, restfulparenting.com. We have you covered there. Be sure to check out, uh, I don't even know the Facebook community, all things sleep and parenting group, Facebook group, uh, wow. as well as our restfulparenting.com website and on YouTube, the restful parenting channel has lots of videos, um, to help through with all sorts of fun, extra tips and strategies for our families. We hope you guys were able to take away lots of great information that hopefully isn't going to help you just through this, but through all of your parenting, these strategies and, and techniques are things that Elisa and I and Miss Heidi uses all of the time. So hopefully that helps and you guys take away some great tips and information to help your family uh, through these awesome, awesome times. <laughs> That's how much no I'm loving them today. Yeah. <laughs> Biting your teeth and cheek. Yes. Uh, awesome, awesome. It's, no, it's great. <laughs> Everything is great. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. Hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.